Welcome to Holy Savior Sermons, bringing you the weekend sermons given at Holy Savior Church. Well, good morning as we gather here again. We're in this series called Rethinking the Church. Rethinking what it means to be God's people. As we do that, I'm going to kick off with a question this morning. Your question is this. If you are here in person, you can kind of just think through this answer. If you're joining us live stream, I encourage you to go ahead and leave a comment. But the question is, if your life was a movie... What three words would best describe the plot? If your life was a movie, what three words would best describe the plot? Now, maybe it depends on what kind of movie you think would resemble your life. Maybe your life is an adventure movie. Maybe it's an action movie. Maybe it's drama. Maybe it's a horror movie. Maybe it's a romance movie. I don't know what you might think of. But think about three words right now. You don't, don't give it too much thought. Three words, and, and, and leave some comments. What three words would best describe the plot of your life story if it was a movie? So I thought about this. Didn't give it a lot of thought, just like I told you to do. First word that came to mind was love. Love, because, you know, I, I love my wife. She loves me. I love my family. I love God's people here. But more than anything, you know, my life is a romance story because it is God's love for me, to be loved by the God of the universe. No matter how many times I have screwed up, messed up, done things I shouldn't have done, failed to do the things I should have done, and all that kind of stuff, God loves me. I mean, that's an amazing part uh, of the story of my life, and I know for your life too, to know and to live in God's love. The other word here is coffee. Because, I, you know, I, I love coffee. Had a couple cups of coffee this morning. It's all that I needed. I got up at 4.30 this morning, and I'm just, whoo, I'm, I'm full of it, coffee. And, and, and full of life, and I just love to drink this stuff. I love to brew coffee in different ways, but also because it kind of has that sense of being always on the go, always, you know, moving and, and never or ever sitting down very long. It's just something that I have a passion for. And the other is adventure. Adventure, because I see life as an adventure. Sometimes life isn't very adventurous, but it's still an adventure. But sometimes life is really, truly adventurous. You know those times when you step outside the normal pace of life, and you step out, and it's rewarding, and it's exciting? You know, life can be full of all kinds of adventure. So I don't know what three words you maybe chose that describe the plot of your movie, your life. We're going to take a look now at the Apostle Paul. We looked at Paul last week. We're going to take a look at Paul again this week. This time it's a different letter that he wrote. It's the letter or what we call the book of Philippians. And we're going to take a look at Paul writes to this group of people here. Now I'll kind of give you a little bit of the background of what's going on here. Here is the first kind of community of followers of Jesus, the first Jesus community that Paul starts in Eastern Europe. So if you've got a little extra time today and you want to read about this, Acts 16, you know, that's Paul's visit to this area in the world. Now, Philippi was a Roman colony. And as a Roman colony, there was a lot of retired Roman soldiers that lived here in Philippi. So it was very patriotic nationalism. So Paul got into some trouble when he came talking about this Jesus guy that was the king of kings and the lord of lords, that his allegiance was not to Caesar, but to Jesus as king. 
and the early followers of Jesus here in Philippi, you know, they were criticized and persecuted. And even in, in the text that he writes there, verse 28, talks about how they were being intimidated by others. Don't let them intimidate you because you place your faith and your allegiance to Jesus. And Paul writes this. This is one of his prison letters. So he is in prison or house arrest in Rome. So he's got, you know, Roman soldiers. But it's not like he's completely behind bars and has no contact at all. He gets visits from Timothy. You know, even as he begins this letter, he talks about Timothy is with him. And the people of Philippi, they have sent to him this man named Ephroditus. And Ephroditus comes to him with a financial gift from the people of Philippi in support of his ministry. And then he sends this guy back to the people in Philippi with this letter. And one of the things about this book of Philippians, this letter to the Christians there, is that unlike most of the other letters that Paul writes, where he's kind of chastising them and challenging you know, the way that they're living their Christian life, here is a letter of joy. Here he is rejoicing and celebrating how they are living and sharing God's grace, how they've been supportive with him, and he's encouraging them in their faith. And unlike some of the other letters, too, where Paul kind of has sometimes a very logical defense of the faith and why they should be doing what they should be doing as followers of Jesus, Paul kind of centers this with little vignettes of what it means to live out this faith. Verses, or chapter 2, verses 6 through 11 is kind of this Messiah poem of who Jesus is and, and what he's done for us. And it, it is seen here in Philippi, is seeing your story as a living expression of Jesus' story. So even when we go back to that first question, if your life was a movie, you know, what three words would describe that plot? Really, we could probably all place Jesus right in there. Because that's what Paul is getting at today in this text. The seeing our lives as an expression of Jesus' story as an expression of his love for us and his grace for us. We're going to focus in especially on verse 21, these words that Paul writes, and let's read these words together. Christ means everything to me in this life, and when I die, I'll have even more. Now, the translation you may be a little more familiar with is where it says, for, Christ, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Even this, you still kind of scratch your head and say, okay, what exactly is Paul getting at here? Christ means everything to me. That kind of makes sense in this life. But when I die, I'll have even more. For Christ, I live for Christ. And I die, I gain even more. What Paul is getting at here is that his life, our lives, are defined both in the present and in the future by the life and the love of Jesus. Our lives are defined in the present, in the now, and in the future. By the life and the love of Jesus. Paul, you know, this is not the only time that he kind of touches on this idea. He does this in Colossians and in Galatians. Colossians 3, we're going to read together here. Christ is your life. Pretty straightforward, right? Christ is your life. His life, his love defines you. His love and his life defines us. On Galatians 2.20, Paul writes, I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. So the old self, the rebellious self me, the way that I used to define who I was is not the way that I define myself anymore. I'm defined by the life that Christ lived for me, the life that he gave for me, the love that he has 
for me. So, you know, if you understand Paul, you understand, you know, that he understands this expression of God's love for him. The, 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 his story, if you backtrack here, this was a guy named Saul. Many of you may you know, know his story. His name was Saul. He was a Pharisee of Pharisees. He defined his life by how right and righteous he was, how religious he was. He defined himself by all the things that he did to show that he was obedient to God and all the things that he abstained from doing, and all of this to earn God's love and favor. And even to do this, and to do this in a way where he was going after the early followers of Jesus. You know, taking away their property, beating them up, throwing them in prison, even putting them to death. Until he has that encounter with Jesus on the road to Damascus. And then his life from that moment forward is defined by the life and the love of Jesus. His life is forever changed as he experiences God's grace and love in Jesus. So our lives, our lives are defined as we experience the grace and love of Jesus. Not just once, not just, you know, one moment in our lives, but each and every day, small moments and profound moments that we experience his grace and his love. So Paul, as he's getting at this, he says, you know, look, my life is defined by Jesus. It's defined by his love for me and his mission. So ultimately, here's the point that Paul is getting at for followers of Jesus, for those not just individually as families, but as a community of God's people, is that life is a temporary mission for Jesus. A temporary mission is this. Imagine what it would be like to, you know, be one of Paul's prison guards because they could have beat him up. You know, they could have um, roughed him up. They could have thrown him into a dark cell somewhere. And he would say, that's okay, because, you know, I live my life for Jesus. My life is defined each and every moment, whether life is good, you know, he says elsewhere, you know, I've learned to be content in all things, or life is challenging and hard, it's defined by Jesus. My life is living a mission for Jesus, living and sharing his love. And the course openly says, you know, to die is gain. He says, then someday, if I'm not living for Jesus, I'm going to be living with him forever in heaven. And Paul then encourages really all of those as God's people to be a part of this life. Verse 27, we read together. Live as citizens to reflect the good news about Christ. Live as citizens not of the Roman Empire. Live as citizens of God's kingdom. Live not as citizens of the United States live as citizens of God's kingdom, of the good news of Jesus reflected in our lives, in our words, and in our actions. So what does it mean for us to live for Christ? Well, to, to live for Christ means that our purpose, our purpose is defined by Christ, by his life and his love. It means he, he determines our relationship that we have with him, determines how we spend our time. It depend, determines how we live our lives, at least how we strive to live our lives. It determines how we use the financial resources that God has given us. It determines how we live in relationship to one another and to our community. That also defines our priorities. The priority of our, of our life in Christ is he is the love of our life that he has a first place 
in our life. But also, to live for Christ is to live with His passion and His love for us. And i got a passion for coffee. Love coffee, but not like I love Christ. And that love for Christ defines and shapes who we are as individuals, as families, as a community of believers here at Holy Savior. But also, as Paul calls us to, not only here in Philippi, but in several other letters, is to pattern our life after Christ. That we see ourselves as following Jesus and living and loving as he has lived and loved us and all others. So in other words, you know, to live for Christ is to encounter his love and his grace. To encounter his love and grace as we emulate what it means to be missionaries of our missionary king. The missionary king who traded his scepter for an apron. The one who was often seen eating with you know, sinners and tax collectors who washed his disciples' feet. Our missionary king who traded a crown of jewels for a crown of thorns where he was willing to be a servant. And then the missionary king who traded a throne to hang on a cross to sacrifice his life for you, for me, for the world. Our life is a temporary mission for Jesus. As we live our lives, as we are defined by his life and his love. But as we kind of talk about here, we're thinking, what is the church? What is the church in the midst of, of a pandemic? What, what is the church in a post-pandemic? Well, we'll get there someday. And what is the church as we talk to? I mean, the culture we live in today is much more what we call a post-Christendom church, a post-church culture, and where the church no longer, you know, influences the culture the way that it once did. How do we continue to live in the life and the love of Jesus? So here's a question for us as we kind of process and think about Paul's words here. If our lives are defined by Christ, how does that shape our understanding of the church? If your life, my life, our lives are defined by Christ, by his love for us, by all that he's given to us, if that's what defines our life, how does it shape our understanding of the church? We think about that as we think about, again, about our missionary king. You know, that, that, that apron. That, that he was one that was willing to come and serve. And so when we gather here, as we go out from here, we are called to serve one another and to serve all others. That, that crown of thorns that he was willing to sacrifice for the benefit of others. That, that calling in our life is to sacrifice, just as our Savior has sacrificed for us, to sacrifice in love and that cross. That cross, the invitation that we have in Jesus to pick up our cross and follow him. To live in his love and to share his love. As we are shaped, as we are defined by the life and love of Jesus, it shapes who we are as the people gathered here as a church. It shapes how we interact with each other. It shapes how we interact and share the love of Christ 
with our families, with our friends, with our neighbors, with our classmates, our coworkers, with the world. Let's pray. Lord God, we give you thanks and praise that we are defined not by our past, we are defined not by our accomplishments, we are defined by your love for us. We are defined by the love that is most fully expressed at the cross. Lord, as we are defined by you, we pray that by your spirit you enable that to shape our understanding of what it means to be your people gathered and sent forth from here. Gathered to serve, gathered to love as we have been served by you, the God of the universe, and as we've been loved by you. We pray this, Lord Jesus, in your powerful name. Amen. For more information about Holy Savior, including service times and location, please visit holysavior.org. Thanks for listening, and until next time, God bless.